Super quick thing before we get on to episode 62 of the Mars Hill Sports Podcast. By the time you're probably hearing this, if you are listening, uh, our applications for the 2021-2022 team are now open. Uh, our editor-in-chief position is uh, underway. Our hiring for that is underway. We also have a bunch of other positions. You could be a section editor for us next year. You could even uh, do some graphic design stuff for us. So make sure you check that out. The links are going to be in the description of the podcast. So make sure you check that out. And without any further ado, we're going to get on to our Super Bowl preview with none other than Kyle Baker. All right, let me paint a picture for you here. Super Bowl 55. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, reigning Super Bowl champions. My goodness, we're going to have 25,000 people approximately and possible scattered thunderstorms and a solid little chunk of good football being ready to get played this weekend. Super Bowl Sunday is here. Kyle Baker, this is your day. How are we feeling? Yeah, I think it's it's really exciting. I mean, the Super Bowl is such a unique uh, unique day and unique game uh, in the sense that it, it feels a little bit, uh, although it is the culmination of the entire football season, it in some ways feels removed from the football season. Uh, it doesn't quite, it's just, it's very different uh, in a lot of ways. So it's a unique game, especially if your team's not playing in it. And that's another thing is that the Super Bowl is such a different and you watch the Super Bowl every year, of course, but it's such a different animal when your own team's playing in it, as opposed to not playing in it. So um, for all the people who support the other 30 teams uh, in the NFL, uh, it's a unique day, but again, feels a little bit separated from the season. So I'm excited. I prefer the NFC and AFC championship weekend. I said that two weeks ago, that's my favorite weekend of football but the Super Bowl was a great, a great culmination to a season. And this year, a great culmination to what has been uh, such a wild and unique season. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, before we get to Luke, I, I actually do feel like I agree a little bit there. It almost doesn't feel like football. It feels like this like strange outlier. It's like the all-star game that means something in a sense. It's like, oh, like this is like in a sense – Obviously, it's good football being played because it's they're actually playing for something. These guys are – this is the biggest moment of their lives. Uh, but, my goodness, like, this is just uh, – like, thinking about it, moving up moving up to, to Sunday, I'm just, like, I'm excited, but I don't know, like, how excited I am for football. I think I'm just excited for, like, it being the Super Bowl at this point. So, I don't know how to feel. But, uh, Luke – Good to hear from you. Let's hear from you first. My goodness, had a long day. Uh, how are you feeling about this game? And do we have a do we have a number dedication for today? Perhaps. Yes, we do have a number dedication, and I'm just really excited. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm one of those guys watches the Super Bowl every year, even though might not know everything there is to know about football. But hey, we've got the three wise men here. Uh, gonna break down some things for 
all our listeners out there, but yeah, it's still a wild time. I think um, even though I feel like the AFC and the NFC championships, like Kyle said, I think they're, there kind of is a different intensity I feel to them. I still think the Super Bowl offers some of the greatest moments that we've seen uh, throughout the sport. And maybe we'll see a few more this upcoming Sunday. And our number dedication today? Our number dedication. This took a bit of research. Uh, but we're giving it to kind of the most average athlete, I think, so far. Uh, Carl Hagelin. <laughs> yeah, he wears a very average shout right there. Yeah. So there you he go, a, Carl. He had a couple good years out in, uh, I remember in New York. Classic, your classic, like, maybe second line, mostly third line guy who's just going to skate faster than everyone. And uh, that's basically it. But then went to Pittsburgh won a couple Stanley Cups. Was he there for both back-to-backs? I, for, for the back-to-back? I'm not sure. Let me, I'll double-check. I think so. Uh, I think he was, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's a that's a good show. Anyways. Um, Carl, Carl Hagelin always feels like, feels like one of those, you know, feels like one of those small Swedes that would have uh, would have 20 goals in a season <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a contract year and that uh, insert whatever general manager was running the Canucks at the time would uh, decide was worthy of a four-year deal for, for several million a year. And uh, within year two of the deal, you're like, oh, man, we've made a mistake. This is the kind just of player I think of a guy like Carl just, Hagelin just, being. Just a ball and chain kind of contract guy. <laughs> is he playing in the NHL this year? Carl Hagelin? Is he in Washington still? Yeah, he was in Washington, Washington last year yeah, for he sure. Had a, he had a I, I think he still there. is. Uh, I think he still is. But. I don't know. I don't really keep up with yeah. Carl Hagelin uh, too much, unfortunately. He's still on Washington. So. Okay. Still in Washington? Okay. Good for Carl, I guess, hey? Mm-hmm. He's finding a way to make a living. Yeah, he's still making still making his dough. Anyways, let's talk some football. We got a lot of questions. So first and foremost, I do want to thank each and every one of you who sent in your questions. We aren't going to be answering all of them because there are actually a lot of them. So I, I basically just wrote down all the serious ones, first of all, <laughs> and uh, a couple of the fun little uh, meme ones. So we also got some halftime show questions, which I'm not much of a halftime show guy, actually, um, believe it or not. But yeah, anyways, uh, some big storylines heading into this game. We have some uh, possible absences and some certain ab- absences on the Kansas City Chiefs O-line. Uh, Kyle, what do you think this means for the game? Yeah, certainly. Speaking of the, the offensive line, well, specifically we'll talk about Eric Fisher, uh, who suffered the torn Achilles, uh, the tackle, who's gone. I think it's a big – I think it is a big effect in this game, especially since I do think the real – one of the ways you could see Kansas City losing this game uh, is to the hands of the Tampa Bay defense if the Tampa Bay defense could deliver in the way they did uh, in that game against Green Bay. So it is a big loss. I mean, anytime you lose starting offensive linemen, uh, it's something that you've got to adjust to. I mean, I would look at some, if we take Green Bay, for example, when Baxiari got hurt in practice, there seemed to be very little, if any, drop-off in the next couple of games that they played, uh, even after replacing him. I mean, Kansas City and, and Eric Fisher is far from the tackle that, Bakhtiari was so you have two weeks 
I mean, it, what is his backup? Maybe 75%, 80% of what he is. I think that's probably close to the range. So I don't think it, I don't think it overly affects the game personally. Um, and it's not a situation where you're dealing with cluster injuries uh, at the position. So, or on the offensive line, like um, where you're into a lot of backups already. So I think they'll be able to move some guys around. I don't think it'll be, it'll be really noticeable. Yeah, I wouldn't say so either. Uh, I feel like especially O-line injuries, I feel like we think it's going to be like the biggest deal ever. Now, once your five starting O-line go out, then we have like a massive, <laughs> a massive uh, problem on our hands here. But uh, this is one guy and uh, there are some possible, there was some like exposure stuff, but it looks like those guys are going to be cleared to be playing as well. Uh, and speaking of exposures, I don't know if you guys heard about the barber for the Kansas City Chiefs today. So apparently their barber was like halfway through one of their guys' haircuts and they, he gets a call. He's like, yeah, you're po- you tested positive for COVID. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yes. The COVID bull is uh has 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 run amok wow. and uh we may be i i don't i don't like let's be real here exposure exposure for the nfl this weekend i don't I, I, they are gonna do everything they can pat mahomes could be could be the most covid positive person in the united states of america and Roger Goodell would be playing Patrick Mahomes. There's no question about it. I, I do think we're getting probably close to the time, to the point where you just kind of say, let's just stop casting. Um, yeah. <laughs> and let's just play the game. I, I mean, of course not. And I'm sure the league, the league is doing the right thing. But, I mean, we're, we're getting close to the point now where you have to wonder if, if something were to happen, uh, it's hard to imagine we're not going to have the full complement of players playing. I'll put it that way. Agreed. Luke, what do you think about this O-line situation out in Kansas City? Honestly, I think Kansas City being one of the deepest teams as well, like you said, being able to shift guys around, I don't think it's the biggest concern. I mean, he is a starter, and that shows for something. But other than that, I don't think it'll be too big of a deal for Kansas City. Um, But yeah, I don't really have much to say on that. I think you guys summed that up really well. No, that's, that's, that's totally fair. And speaking a little bit on the more players side of the, uh, side of the game here, what do you, what do we think like a game script is going to look like for both sides? So maybe we'll start with Kansas city. Um, and Kyle, do you want to open us up on this? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think it's probably easiest to talk about it. Offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball. I think both teams are going to look to throw the ball uh, a lot. I mean, Tampa Bay is way more efficient as a team when they're throwing the football than when they're running the ball. And Kansas City is probably the most efficient team we've ever seen when throwing the ball. Um, So I think both teams will look to try and almost encourage the other team to run the ball. We talked about this a little bit ahead of the Kansas City and Buffalo game, and that seemed to be the way that they like to play each other. Um, And then speaking on, you know, on the the Tampa Bay side, I think this Tampa Bay offense is going to be very, very aggressive. And I think they're going to be aggressive from the start of the game. I think they're going to going to recognize that that is the way that you can compete against this chiefs team and have a chance to beat this chiefs team. Uh, the chiefs don't, don't hurt themselves, uh, which is, which is a major, a major thing. If you're Tampa Bay, right. You know that you're probably not going to get a whole lot of help and you're going to have to go out there and play aggressive. So I think we see both teams play pretty aggressive on the offensive side of the ball. 
but I look to see Tampa be ultra aggressive um, in order to try and keep pace with this, uh, this Kansas city team. Yeah, that really does seem to be a bit of a common theme when you're going up against the Chiefs, and that's something we saw uh, against the Bills in the AFC Championship, right? Like, a lot of the Bills' game plan, like like a lot of people said, it was like, oh, like, we're just happy to be here. Like, it's great to be here. This is great for Bills Mafia, and whatever happens, guys, it's fine. I yeah, think the I, Bills I... would have had a lot of better uh, – a way better shot if they played even – uh, even like I don't know, twenty percent more aggressive. Like mm-hmm. it was just like there was there was it didn't seem like they were going for it. And that's one thing I will I will say: Bruce Arians is not going to shy away from this game. Yeah, I think they're going to recognize the mistakes that Buffalo made, right? And if you look back at Buffalo, they didn't it, it didn't quite feel like they played with reckless abandonment to try and win the game uh, in a lot of spots. They made the more conservative call. And if the other team is going to score touchdowns almost every time down the field, like Kansas City has done, you're going to have to be aggressive to try and match them. So I expect Tampa to be to be ultra aggressive in that way. I agree. Luke, what do you think? Yeah, yeah I think, well, both like Kyle said, both these teams are arguably the two best teams at throwing the ball in the league. Uh, so I definitely think we'll see a lot of that. You got, you know, a few of the best receivers at the game has and plus you know really good tight ends i think you know offensively they're like very equal i would say and then uh yeah like kyle said encouragement to run the ball at times i think this will kind of come down to which running back can kind of get get going the fastest i want to say um but other than that i mean very good offensively and i don't think i think we'll see a high scoring game at the end of it yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, I think the question of what is going to be coming out of the Buccaneers' backfield is also a little interesting storyline we could just quickly dive into here. Uh, Leonard Fournette has played quite solid this playoffs, but it seemed like Ronald Jones was the guy throughout the regular season. What do we think we're going to see more? A little more playoff Lenny or a little more, uh, a little more uh, Ronald Jones? You stole it from me. I was going to call him playoff Lenny. I didn't think you were going to say it. I mean, Rojo's been Ronald Jones. Rojo's been bang, been banged up, right? So that's been that's been a part of the reason uh, that they have leaned on Leonard Fournette, who's who's had a great postseason. He really has. Um, I I would I would expect it to be a little bit of a two back complement, but Arians has showed throughout the season he just plays the hot hand, and whoever gets hot is going to get the carry. So while I do think early on we see a bit of a split probably some Leonard Jones and some or sorry, some Leonard Fournette in short yardage situations, maybe Ronald Jones a little bit more if we're trying to get the passing game going uh, or if we're uh, non short yardage um, situations, maybe they lean on him. But if you, if you go back and you look at the game logs, we've seen this all season, there'll be games where Leonard Fournette carries the ball 25 times or 20 times. And then the very next game, he carries the ball three times and Ronald Jones gets all the work. So he really, they really seem to like to play the hot hand. Um, so I would expect one of them will be the predominant back. I'm just not sure who that's going to be right now. Would lean Fournette though, just because of the industry injury question marks, uh, related to Ronald Jones. Anyone who started Leonard Fournette in fantasy football this past season knows exactly what Kyle is talking about. So 
Well, it's it's coming from a it's coming from a Ronald Jones owner. Okay. In my keeper in my keeper league, I have Ronald Jones. So at times it was awesome this year. Um, obviously he ended up injuring his thumb and going on the COVID list right around playoff fantasy playoff time, which was devastating, but, um, yeah, it could be one game. He could get 22 carries the next game. He could get two carries. Uh, there really was no in between, which becomes very difficult as a fantasy, a fantasy owner. Yeah. And I, I would just say overall with the whole, the, the whole run side of the game, uh, heading into this send this Sunday, I feel like there's just so much that could happen. Um, I do trust the Buccaneers run defense more than the chiefs. Uh, Statistically Buccaneers were just better against the run this season, but um, I, I I just don't really know. Like I, I feel like whether or not a team like either team is going to be giving up the option for the run. I feel like this could just really be a very pass centric game. I just think the nature of both of these teams and the way they like to play their game, uh, I feel like it's going to come down to uh, a lot of really, really exciting plays coming down right to the wire here. So uh, I'm really excited for this game. Like, I feel like this has all the makings to be a very fun Super Bowl. I will say that. Yeah. And I, I mean, too, just from a, from a storyline perspective, you know, you're really talking about, what I would say is probably the closest thing we have to an undisputed goat to Gretzky in a sport. I, I think that might be fair to say. I mean, I, I'm thinking of the major four sports, so I could be missing something. I apologize if I am. But to me, he's probably the closest thing to a greatest of all time, undisputed as, uh, as Gretzky is. Um, like the closest, Gretzky being number one, obviously, in his sport against the greatest player in the league at this time. Mahomes, I think, is undisputed the best the best quarterback in the NFL at the moment and the best player in the NFL at the moment. So to get this matchup in this way um, is so, so cool and so, so unique. I, I totally agree. And Luke, I actually want to ask you this question uh, sent in by Reese Salikin, friend of the show. Thank you for that question, Reese. Um, but I actually just want to ask you, Luke, what do you – Let's play a little bit of hypotheticals here. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do say it. Brady wins. What does that mean for his legacy? And now what about the Mahomes side of things? Like what 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 is there to gain for for both of these guys? Yeah, I think off the bat, I think there's definitely less to lose if you're Mahomes. I would say even if he loses this game, Brady lost twice to the same quarterback in two Super Bowls, right? And he was able to kind of bounce back and win like four or five more. So I don't think that really kind of tarnishes Mahomes' legacy if he loses. Um, and same if Brady loses, I feel it's kind of what you do to one side, you kind of do to the other, I feel. Um, and like for me, I think because I'm not on Mahomes' hill uh, yet, even if. <laughs> Even if he like wins or loses, I still think Mahomes has the best opportunity to catch Brady, but I think it's just a bit too premature now. Um, he definitely would have the upper hand if he definitely won, but at the end of the day, Brady lost twice to the same quarterback, and that quarterback was Eli Manning. So, I mean, there's, it's not much to – not really much to, like, say about – oh, like Mahomes lost to Brady. He can't ever touch him. 
I think that would be completely false. And I think you'd be writing off Mahomes way too soon. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I tend to agree with what Luke has to say. I guess to play maybe devil's advocate off of that point, a part of what is Brady's legacy, yeah, he's he's won six Super Bowls. And he's also been to, what, 10? So so that's a part of the legacy. Is, is not just the wins, but the amount of Super Bowls he's been able to amass. And within that, the amount of conference championships he's been able to win. Personally, I think it's almost it will be almost impossible for anybody to ever match the amount of Super Bowls Brady has played. And I, I just, it's so unfathomable to begin with, let alone to, to have to do it now and continue to do it in the hard cap era just seems too difficult. So I would argue that for somebody like Mahomes, the, the way to possibly try and get to goat status to look way, way down the road would be to be unbeaten, right? Could you have like a, a Montana, a Montana type thing, right? Montana won four Super Bowls. He only ever played in four. Right. He delivered he delivered the victory in all four of his Super Bowls. And I mean, Montana's not the greatest. You know, he, he isn't considered to be there with Brady as the greatest, but he does have a very, very, um, you know, I'd say he's probably considered to be possibly one of the five greatest to ever play. So I think, you know, for somebody like Mahomes, the easiest way to challenge Brady would be to win five Super Bowls, to do them in Kansas City and to go five and oh and never have lost a Super Bowl. So from that aspect, I do think there's there could be a lot on the line here legacy-wise, but of course, he could still be one of the greatest to ever play the game and, and lose a Super Bowl here uh, and be one and one moving forward. couple things. Here are a couple things that I was thinking of that are on the table that if I'm Pat Mahomes, if I'm Tom Brady, I don't want to have this be a part of my resume. Um. Of course, Tom Brady, it's always the impending, that's his last kick at the can. Right there. Mm-hmm. He's 43. I'm going to say it. This could be his last kick at the can. Um, I'm going to be struck by lightning next year when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back in a Super Bowl and Tom Brady is still throwing dots. But uh, that's always a part of the question. And this was a team that I know I can speak on behalf of Kyle and myself. We did not think we were going to be seeing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play in this game. But uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, on the other hand, uh, I think they have a lot lot to lose as a team. Uh, They've kind of been seen as this offensive juggernaut and overall just juggernaut of a team. The last three seasons in the Patrick Mahomes era that they have. But... Uh, Pat Mahomes has lost one playoff game as a starting quarterback, and that was at the hands of Tom Brady. Does this mean that Tom Brady has Pat Mahomes' number if he runs home with his seventh? No, not at all. I mean, the Eli Manning uh, argument there, I think, at least in my opinion, you know, you could lose – you could definitely lose to the same guy twice and still be considered the greatest. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, long-term it has the potential to cement Brady even more though. Right. If you look back and Mahomes goes on to have this unbelievable career and be one of the greatest of all time. And you look back and, and every time Brady got a shot at him in a major game, he was able to do it even in his forties. I mean, that that's starting to play a little bit. That's starting to get a little first takey Mm. for my blood. Um, 
but it's cert but certainly uh, it is valid and it would be another piece in an unbelievable legacy that is Tom Brady uh, in the NFL. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that's a huge, a huge thing heading into this. Like if Brady pulls this off, Oh my goodness. Like this is insanity. It, it's um, potential. Sorry. I didn't mean to catch you off there. Tom. It's potentially one of the great sports stories of all time of guys defying or, you know, guys defying age or, you know, just to me, the last thing that I can think of of being a storyline of this magnitude would be Tiger winning the Masters. To me, this is in that same class. Like for Tiger, it was coming back from the injuries and coming back from everything that had happened. For Brady to walk away from New England and say, I want to do something new and go to Tampa Bay and deliver a title in his first year. I, I think it would be in that class of just unbelievable moment. Just, uh, yeah. I, certainly it, it would be up there uh, of all time all time sports moments yeah the whole Brady is nothing without Belichick argument has been absolutely squashed he just like you don't just go to a Super Bowl uh, it's <laughs> uh, like anyone who's gonna lobby against Brady just because of Bill Belichick I'm not saying Bill Belichick's a bad coach I mean he's probably the greatest coach of all time in that same breath but um uh that like the the buccaneers winning this sunday would truly squash all of those idiots who are out spewing that take that he's nothing without bill belichick so uh that's another fun little storyline i love i love that too uh and i'm a big die on hills with my take kind of (laughs) guy and i want to see the like absolute 5% oddities of that uh, of that community that current community who are still going to be sticking with that take that those are the fun little Twitter uh, wormholes you can get into those are the good ones anyways uh, another question here uh, do the Chiefs run with Vita Vea uh, do they still try Hilaire or do they let Mahomes run when available you know, I think it'll be, um, you know, I, I think Kansas City is going to want to throw the football. We talked about that already, right? If, if the run, if, if we get to a point where Tampa is incentivizing them to run the football, I think they'll try it. You know, I mean, Vito Vey is back off of injury. He play, the, uh, the NFC title game was his first game back um, since week five, I believe, when he got injured. So he'd been off for a significant amount of time. I think he played about half the snaps, roughly 45%. 46. Or 46%. Okay, I'm off there. My bad. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll be an important piece for them. Uh, again, I think that Kansas City comes into these games with the plan to throw the football as much as possible. And, I mean, when you look at the running back situation for Kansas City, I mean, Allaire has had a, – a, we'll call it an up-and-down rookie season, and that, that's being very kind. I mean – He's been somewhere be- somewhere between mediocre and completely inefficient uh, the majority of the season. Uh, Lev Bell has given them something, but I mean, in, in what I have seen from Lev Bell, especially between the tackles, um, he looks like he's certainly lost a step since he was playing in Pittsburgh. He looks a step off the pace. And then, you know, Daryl Williams is kind of in that backfield as another possible running back. So they don't really have a running back that inspires fear, uh, especially between the tackles. So I'd, I'd expect them to sort of avoid Vita Vey. And unfortunately, as good of a player as Vita Vey is, if the game isn't being played between the tackles, he becomes a little bit, ineff- a little bit ineffective uh, as more of that run-stuffing uh, D-tackle. 
Agreed. Yeah, I totally think it, it is down to game script, seeing how much Kansas City is going to be running the ball. And like we said earlier, it's going to be an aggressive – like both sides are going to be playing uh, the Andy Reid, Bruce Arians style football um, that we – that we've all uh, grown to appreciate over uh, the last, the, the season here. So yeah, no, I, yeah, like V I'm not, I'm not going to understate the impact of Vita Vea, but uh, it doesn't, it just doesn't exactly. I don't see him being that big of a factor mostly because I feel like the game script is going to be headed in a certain direction that might not be giving him as much screen time as, uh, he mm-hmm. would be in his big games. So um, another question uh, more on the defensive side of the Kansas city chiefs here. Um, the honey badger, Tyron Matthew, who's he going to be covering? Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's yeah, interesting, you know, being more of a safety, I think you'll probably see him play. He will probably play some center field uh, a little bit, you know, and help. Um, they'll use him to help. I mean, there's, there's a myriad of weapons, uh, that Tampa Bay has at their, at their disposal, right. With, uh, with Godwin and with Evans, probably see some Gronkowski in this game as well. Uh, Cameron break the other tight ends. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure I would expect him to follow one player around. Um, I certainly think Kansas city is going to have a whole, uh, have a lot easier time covering the wide receiver grouping, uh, and receiving core, of Tampa Bay, then vice versa. I think that Tampa Bay is in for a much tougher day trying to cover the Kansas City wide receivers. So I'm not sure exactly who he'll he'll specifically cover on. I would expect him to play some center field. And I mean, when you're talking about uh, Matthew with his speed and athleticism, he's always a threat to come up and get involved in the pass rush as well. So uh, I think he'll kind of be all over the field uh, wherever they, they need to use him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, th- I can totally see him covering kind of anybody. I think he's really flexible as a defender as well and like Kyle said if they choose to blitz I feel like he'll be that guy kind of rushing the pass as well um I think if there was a guy to kind of put him on like the majority of covers or if he were to follow anyone I would probably stick him with Evans just because number one receiver um and he's been doing some damage over these playoffs but that's kind of it I don't remember what week it was, but we actually had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs go at it. And we, I remember listening to uh, some podcasts, everyone being like, hey, this could be a very fun little Super Bowl that we could have on our hands here. Of course, I dismissed it because that game pushed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to 7-5. and five. Uh, Look, here we are again. Uh, Tom Brady in his Super Bowl surprise. But... Uh, yeah, it was November 29th uh, earlier this year. I believe that would have been week 11. Yeah, I think that's yeah. when – I think I did a podcast with you guys that next week. I think, I think ahead I think of we did. week 12, we did the right. podcast. The playoff picture one. Yeah. For sure, yeah. because I mentioned on the podcast that I had watched that game, and as the players were walking off the field, Tony Romo said to Jim Nance, I think we might be back here calling these two teams in the Super Bowl – what was I thinking? Tony always knows best. And uh, Tony hit it dead right there in the booth. And him and Nance are going to be uh, in the booth Sunday calling the game for CBS. Yeah. I, I know we would have been like, oh, like if that, if that's Collinsworth who says that, we're all like, how? <laughs> Chris. 
Yeah, Chris gets no. Chris would never get any credit for that kind no, of thing. No, no, well, we wouldn't be well, talking about that. No, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. So these two teams played against each other, and Tyreek Hill had probably the single best wide receiver performance uh, the NFL saw this season. Uh, he went off for 269 yards, three TDs and uh, 13 receptions on 15 targets. Do we see a world in which <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers let this happen again or anything resemblant of this? I mean, ideally, you want to say no. Uh, but in order to say no, you have to answer the question, how do you cover Tyreek Hill? And, and to be honest, there is really no way to cover Tyreek Hill truly, right? I mean, the only way to really cover him is is in, uh, you know, in some sort of uh, zone coverage type system where you're, when you get into that system, you're more limiting than you are stopping. So I, I'd be surprised if Tyreek had 200, what you said, 270 yards in this game. Um, I mean, I think he almost had 200 in the first quarter or the first half that like, it was unbelievable how many yards he had in just in the first quarter of that. It, game. Was, it was like plus 200. It was like 230 something. It was like the most. In, I think it might have been the most ever in the first I, half of the game. Yeah, it was in for the first quarter. It was it was one of the biggest quarters of all time. So, um, yeah, I can't like I said, I can't imagine they let it happen again. But I'm yet to see somebody who can stop Ty, truly stop Tyreek Hill. So we'll see. It really is scary looking at that Chiefs offense, and we sit here and talk about, oh, well, you can't really stop Tyreek Hill, like you said, unless you play zone. Uh, But that just opens up every world of opportunity to work through Travis Kelsey, Uh, which I think opens up another really interesting question here. We're going to go to you, Luke, for this one. Asked by Mac Weens, a Patriots fan and friend of the show, as we all know. Uh, Mac is asking, uh, who's going to have the bigger game, Gronk or Travis Kelsey? Man, I, to be honest, I think there's kind of only one answer for me. Uh, We've seen Kelsey just absolutely beasted this year and kind of no one's been able to really stop him if no one can stop Hill. Uh, I think that's a really good point. If uh, the Bucks switch to zone, then Chelsea, Kelsey's just going to have an absolute field day, I feel. And we've seen kind of I don't know. I feel like Gronk's been pretty quiet like for this year. I noticed him like he's been really good blocking and then coming off that. Um, but still, I think Kelsey's just like he's had one of the best years the tight end has ever had. And I don't think uh, that's really going to kind of stop him uh, from doing really well in this game. I think Kelsey's actually going to be like one of the best players in the game, in my opinion. But yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Mac, but... I'm going with Kelsey. Yeah, and I mean to add on to the to the narrative this of this game. Obviously, it's not as interesting as the quarterback, you know, potentially greatest of all time against the greatest in the league. In in a way, you could argue we're seeing that at the tight end position as well. You know, I mean, it's a lot more nuanced to discussion to discuss who's the greatest tight end of all time. But Gronk is certainly in the conversation of players to have that discussion with. But the combination of what he was able to do over the middle as a receiver. And also as a blocker um, during his prime, he's clearly lost a step, maybe even more um, to what to what he was 
uh, in his prime with the Patriots. But Kelsey's the best tight end we've seen since Gronk uh, in the NFL and has you know been the, been the best tight end in the NFL for several years. So in that way, uh, we get to see potentially one of the greatest tight ends of all time go up against a guy who potentially might be one of the greatest of all time at tight end one day and is certainly the best tight end in the league. So I would agree with Luke. I would take Kelsey to have the bigger game. Um, but I would love to see Gronk uh, have a big catch or have a big moment in this game because uh, he certainly has played a, very much a background role uh, during this season for, for Tampa Bay. Gronk actually led the, uh, the Buccaneers in, uh, in receiving stats in that, uh, in that uh, matchup they had the, earlier this year. He went off for uh, uh, six receptions, 106 yards. So that's a, a Gronk could be a bit of an interesting flyer. Maybe uh, peep what the whatever the over is on his receiving yards. Maybe uh, take a peek on it. I actually haven't seen that yet. Um, going. It's okay, down I've got a. Right. I've got a. Don't worry, I've got a a prop that involves uh, tight ends oh, against perfect. the Chiefs coming later uh, in perfect. the podcast. I'm very excited for the Kyle Baker gambling corner that's going to be coming up later uh, this this episode, but. Um, on the Buccaneers side of things, what do we who who are some of the weapons we see as the option in this game? It really is hard to reduce it to one because every game it feels like it's just a rotating cast because uh, that's just the nature of the Buccaneers' offense. They have so much to offer uh, on the receiving end of the game. So, what do we think there? I mean, I think the first thing you start with is Godwin and Evans. You know, I think they're clearly the the one and two on this team. Uh, Evans, especially in the second half of the year, it's felt like Evans has, has had some big games and has been open downfield and has really gelled with Brady. I think early on, um, him and Brady seemed to be at odds of trying to figure things out. And we saw some, some animated discussions on the bench. Um, we'll put it that way. And some miscommunications on the field, whereas it felt like he picked up, kind of picked up a rapport with Godwin, uh, very quickly. But as it's gone on, it seemed that Evans, he started to really use Evans a lot as a big. Uh, big bodied receiver down the field. So I think those two are going to be the main driver. We mentioned Gronk already. I would expect Gronk to at least get a few targets uh, and, and get thrown to in a few spots. And I mean, when you look, Gronk has tended to be hit for long passes down the field. He hasn't had a lot of catches during the season. Um, but when he has been targeted, it's typically been deep passes, right? If you look at, you know, what are his yards per reception throughout the season? a lot of games where it's in that 12, 15 to 20 yard range. Uh, and a lot of times he only has one reception for 20 or 25 yards. So, and then I think Cameron Bright as well, the other tight end will, will be a factor. And then, you know, every, what seems to be a guy who gets a lot of talk for not really being anybody in the NFL because of this team is Scotty Miller. Um, so we'll see, maybe Scotty Miller gets involved and has a catch, but I, w- I would stick to uh, Godwin and Evans. Scotty always seems to have one massive play. <laughs> well, he, and he had, he had some big plays. I think maybe it was week one, one of the first games. It was the, one of the first weeks they he had like played a huge on, week. Yeah. Yeah. On national TV and, and in training camp, Brady had talked about how much he liked Scotty Miller. So I think that's how he got ingrained in our brains. But now I feel like I've thought about, I mean, like I, we'd have to check, but Scotty Miller does not have a ton of receptions this season. Um, and then also forgetting quickly about Antonio Brown as well. Yeah. And what, uh, you know, could Antonio Brown play, play a role in this game? Obviously he's battling an injury. 
uh, coming into the game. But, I mean, Antonio Brown has big, big play potential uh, at all times when he's on the football field. Luke, what do you think about the Buccaneers offense? What do you see as some of the uh, possibilities for them heading into this game? I think, yeah, Godwin and Evans, I think they're, they're like the number, number one and two, as, as Kyle said. I mean, this offensive core that they have is arguably, I think, probably the best in the NFL, them and the Chiefs. Um, and plus how quickly they were all able to kind of blend together. I know they've been playing together for a couple of years, but, you know, adding the likes of Gronk and Antonio Brown uh, and Brady as well. Uh, I think that's like arguably the most impressive thing is all these different personalities kind of coming together and, uh, you know, just coming out and playing as a team. But I think at the end of the day, honestly, like I think a lot of it will come down to how Godwin and Evans do. Hopefully Evans doesn't drop as many catches. Um, But yeah, I think overall, yeah. Oh, sorry. One more thing I want to say is I think Gronk is actually – incredibly clutch as well and he's kind of really pulled through in big big games so I would not be surprised in the slightest if we saw um, a couple really clutch plays from from Gronk even like like he said the 25 yard catch um, or even like a hundred yard game something like that I would not be surprised if Gronk pulled that out Um, but like I think all these guys have potential to to be big game players and so it'll just kind of be interesting to see which one of them shows up or if any of them show up. So. Yeah. Another quick, uh, interesting little stat before we move into a couple more questions that uh, may not be as, as serious. Uh, But last, last time these two teams met um, Kyle, I want to ask you, I'm going to set the over under line at Let's go 40 uh, for how many rushing attempts were, uh, were distributed by running backs on these two teams. So combined between the two teams, how many rushing attempts by running backs? Line is set at 40. I think that's pretty high, personally. Like, I'm, I'm going off the top of my brain, not know, this being uh, not – not knowing, but I would lean that that's probably on the high side. Yeah. Uh, so I would probably go under, under that if it's me. It is under. I was trying to trap you there. That was a trap oh. line. Uh, was it? Because I said I set it a little bit higher. I, I wanted to get you there. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, only uh, only a combined, I believe that is twenty eight rushing attempts. Yeah, I was thinking running back. I was thinking 30-ish was yeah. kind of was kind of in my mind. Um yeah, I think that makes sense. Again, I just I just don't think either of these teams is going to make running the ball on a regular a priority or establishing the run, which is really the the case of the modern NFL and where we're going. 100%. And uh yeah, the Chiefs are a big reason for dictating that style of play and of course, they're here. So um Okay, our last serious question. Which quarterback is cuter? Uh, I can start mm. this one off. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah. Um, you know, as much of a Tom Brady fan as I am and as unbiased I'm trying to be, 
I'm taking Brady on this. I think he's aged incredibly well throughout this process, especially with all the stress he's been through. Uh, he's been through a deflate gate. He's been through numerous Super Bowls, numerous Super Bowl losses, close, close games, high octane, incredible plays from the opposition, uh, like David Tyree, Manny Manningham, those catches. Brady's seen a lot of things uh, in his journey. And he's only looked better from it, in my opinion. Mahomes does have the hair uh, as his pure advantage. But at the end of the day, I'm going with Brady. He's aged like a fine wine. And he looks wiser. And you can kind of tell it from how he looks. Yeah, I mean, we're playing fast and loose with the term uh, serious question here. But, yeah, I would actually – I would have to really truly agree with Luke. Uh, I'd lean uh, lean Brady here. You stole some of my things again, maybe it's the rings, maybe it's the money, but for a guy that's uh, the guy, a guy that's played a lot of playoff games, put a lot of miles, uh, a lot of stressful miles on that body. He's still looking great. Um, And really, you know, we talk about, he looks like he could play for three, four more years. I mean, he looks like he could look good for another decade. So I'll take, uh, I'll take Brady here. Yeah, I have no idea when this guy is going to retire. Uh, I also don't think he's ever ever going to stop looking good. So, uh, yeah, that the edge is all Tom Brady in this. Um, so, shout out to Julia Gilly for that question. <laughs> good question. Um, it is a great question. I think it's also a bit of a necessary one too. Yeah. Totally. Um, but I feel like Tom Brady may hit may may win every single time. Uh, he's thrown into the mix here so um that's just the nature of tom brady he's good at good at everything so um one another interesting question here i don't know if you guys follow the whole jackson mahomes thing but uh is he a valid reason to not cheer for the kansas city chiefs that's his brother that does the tiktoks right oh it's his brother who does the tiktoks all right it's a very confusing thing. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't pretend to be super good at, at understanding um, pop culture or these kind of things. I think you guys know a lot more about this than me. But he's just always kind of screaming. Like I see these videos, and he's he's like yelling in the suite. I saw him like doing a TikTok dance beside an old man, an old Kansas City, Missouri man. That poor guy. I felt bad for this old guy. He was so confused. So. Yeah, it's a little bit confusing. Um, I, I did see him talking about how everybody's always doubted us or everybody hates us. Thinking to myself, everybody in America loves Patrick Mahomes. What are, what are you talking about? But I guess, hey, whatever you need to get motivated, Michael Jordan did it to win six rings. So, yeah, hey, you know, I, I don't usually worry about players' brothers when I'm picking who I'm going to root for. Um and I won't be watching the TikToks, that's for sure. But I think you got to separate Mahomes from his brother and uh, still root for the guy. I'm, I'm not a TikTok guy. I'm not on TikTok. But uh, I've actually been very interested by the whole Jackson Mahomes thing. Um, Jackson Mahomes gets bullied pretty hard on TikTok. I guess that is also the cost of putting some of these videos that have been put on uh, on on the internet for millions of people to see uh you're gonna get some negative engagement with that Um, i mean there's no way you could post some of the stuff he's 
he's posted and not think you were going to get negative feedback. Totally. The clothes I mean, are way too tight too. That's the I biggest I don't want anybody to be criticized on the internet. I mean, I want the comments to be a safe space for people. Totally. But if I posted that, I would be accepting of the fact that there was probably going to be some pushback. He wears yeah. some really tight clothes too. I feel like that might be the biggest thing for like him being subject to roasting uh, besides everything else. There's a lot, like, there's a lot, there's a lot going on uh, in the Jackson Mahomes TikTok world. It's quite entertaining. I, I, I have my sister fill me in on it because it's my little bit of uh, sports infusion with this whole TikTok. Does she, does she follow this guy? Is that how it works on TikTok? The only reason she follows him is because, so then she can see them and like show, send them to me. Huh. Yeah, just because I have like this like weird interest in it right now. Like I do, I do think it's really funny seeing uh, this guy who oddly enough kind of looks like Pat Mahomes dance in in a cheese press box and uh, yeah, it's and his mom. I'm pretty sure it's his mom filming all of them. It's Did you hilarious. see the, Yeah, I saw one and Pat Mahomes is like fiance, girlfriend, wife, uh, whichever was just like was like yelling. She was like kind of yelling and then. He was kind of dancing. I mean, that's terrible. This is a this is an audio podcast. That was a terrible description, <laughs> right, but yeah, it, it, it's pretty pop. I think it's pretty famous. I've seen that one a few times, and that one made me very uncomfortable. A lot of them is, have blown up. Hey, like honestly, some people they they know they're gonna get roasted and they do it, but they they get they got the follows. People know who Jackson Mahomes is. People don't know who I am. So I mean, who uh, yeah. am I to sit here and say like, oh yeah, he's such so, a loser? I don't care. It, I mean, he's the thing. brother. He's the brother of the quarterback that's playing in the Super Bowl, and we've now spent like four minutes talking about him. So. Exactly. I think he's accomplishing something. Yeah, I I would agree. Luke, what do you think about Jackson? This, this reminds me of Tyler Hero's little brother, actually, uh, because Tyler Hero's little brother would like post on Instagram these hilarious photos of him just swagged out in all the designer all the supreme all the palace all the streetwear you could think of with the you know thousand dollar shoes next to this like bmw m3 and he's like stay paper chasing or something like that (laughs) and it's uh i feel so bad because every time i look at the comments it's just negative feedback oh that's your brother's money this that and the other thing and this kid's like 12 years old but I think you definitely do have to separate, you know, the family members from from the athlete at times because, uh, yeah, they might not know the best interest. But then again, they're they're famous for a reason. Even the siblings are. So that's kind of all I got to say about that. Shout out to Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> I think uh, I think Jimmy Butler once said that Tyler Hero was his third favorite hero and that he preferred both the brothers. He thought they were cooler. Apparently so. they're. <laughs> Apparently the brothers are exactly like him. So that's hilarious. I, I really do think that there is a world, uh, the world we live in. Uh, oh, sorry, a world that we don't live in, and that Tyler Hero is not an NBA player. He's basically that brother who's getting roasted on the internet. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched his interviews, but uh, he is. He seems like the mold. Yeah, for the uh, stay paper chasing kind of guy. So, uh, I mean, hey, it's entertaining, entertainment at its finest. So, uh, anyways, enough of Jackson Mahomes. We've talked about him are almost as much of his, as his brother. Might who, need to give uh, him a timestamp. I know we actually should. 
Um, okay. Uh, how many vegans do we think are going to be on the field uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs? Shout out Nessa Morgan, humor <laughs> editor, with the uh, serious question for us here. Vegans? Yeah, like so, vegans? Okay, one disclaimer here. Uh, a lot of athletes are going plant-based. This is like a big thing. Chris Paul is plant-based diet guy now. So I want oh, I w- many. I'm thinking like I I, w- I would think the over under would be surprisingly high. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, Tom Tom, there's no way Tom. I know you said Chiefs, but there's no way Tom Brady's eating meat. I can't imagine on his diet. I'd say on both teams combined, 106 players, uh, over under five and a half. Yeah, I I would say I would say that's like I would say like the, I would I would probably hammer the over on that if I'm going to be completely. I honest. would take the over as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you rule out a fair amount of guys. Like, I don't imagine Travis Kelsey uh, being <laughs> a plant-based guy, and I definitely don't bet on uh, Gronk either. So, uh, plant <laughs> Gronk's Gronk's diet might just be uh, a liquid-based diet, if you know what I mean. Um, but hey, we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? No, it's the only it's way what- for Gronk to be. It's what what makes him so special. So, um, yeah, no, I like the whole vegans, the whole vegans prop. Uh, I think that should that should be on the list, uh, beside the Gatorade, beside beside the uh, will a fan run onto the field. There's that. That's I think that's a worthy one. Um, speaking of favorite props, uh, maybe we could save this for the end of the show. But, uh, Kyle, if you want to go and give us your parlay right now, um, you're welcome to do so. We would invite that. Well, I got a myriad of props okay. uh, that I've, that I've picked out. So we okay, can kinda... here, give me a second. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to edit in the, the music here for this part. So we're going to have some oh, background there's... music while you speak. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be rolling, uh, right now. Okay. So we're going to start it off with a simple one. That's going to be Cameron Bray to score a touchdown. I talked about tight ends earlier. Kansas City, been a little beat up by the tight ends this year. And I like Cameron Bray. I think he's he's going to get more snaps than Gronkowski or a very similar amount of snaps. That's four and a half to one. So give me Cameron Bray to score a touchdown, four and a half to one. Next, we're going to move on to first TD. There are some classics when you're talking about Super Bowl props, okay? You got your coin toss. You got your Gatorade color. Don't worry, that's coming later. You got your anthem length, and not far from them, first TD. There is nothing like first TD. Now, nobody should be having a Super Bowl party. We're not trying to get in trouble. But when you're at a Super Bowl party and somebody there hits first T, first TD, there's a group hug, and it's a large group hug. So we're going to hope we be able to jump in on that, even though there's going to be no group hug. I like the running backs here, okay? I'm looking I'm, – everybody's going to be on the wide receivers – I'm looking to play for a pass interference, something that gets us down in the red zone or gets us down near the goal line and a running back punches it in. So give me Leonard Fournette, 13 to one for first touchdown. Give me Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 13 to one for first touchdown. And then also I'm adding it, Daryl Williams, one of the other running backs for Kansas City. I'm adding him in 17 to one. I like those three. You can play them all. Um, so yeah, I like that for first TD. Uh, we'll move on to my two main plays when it comes to Super Bowl props. Everybody's going to want to play the overs. Okay. Yep. Everybody wants to play the overs. Nobody wants to be the guy that plays the unders. So what do we do? We zig. When they zig, we zag. We play the unders. I'm going 
Under two and a half touchdown throws, Patrick Mahomes. Keep in mind, this is touchdown passes. Running touchdowns do not count. Under two and a half touchdowns, that's two to one. Uh, so double your money if it happens. In 17 games played this year for Patrick Mahomes, he is throwing less than three touchdowns, which is what we need to win this. Ten times over over three touchdowns, seven times. I like this play. think it makes a lot of sense. The second under, we're going under Tyreek Hill. 94 and a half receiving yards. It's a really, really high number. I know he went for 260 yards last time out, but I think Tyreek goes under in this game, under 94 and a half. That's also two to one. I like those two. Those are my two main plays. Finally, we'll wrap Love it up. Those, with, by the way. Thank you. We're going to wrap it up with our end of the game plays. We're talking MVP. Again, MVP is a fun one to play. The quarterbacks are, of course, going to be highly favored. They're probably going to win the award. But where's the fun in that? We're trying to hit a deep. We're trying to hit a long shot. We're trying to live <laughs> a little. On the Kansas City side, give me Travis Kelsey, 11 and a half to one. I like it. I mean, people love Travis Kelsey, number one. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a proneness to vote for him. If he has 12 catches and 150 yards and two touchdowns, three touchdowns, I think he could get the nod here. And the nice thing about that is I think there's a potential for him to get the nod, even if Mahomes plays well, which is nice for us. 11 and a half to one, Travis Kelsey win the MVP. Love After that. that, I'm looking at how does Tampa win this game? If Tampa's going to win this game, they're probably going to win it with defense, I'm thinking. Okay. Easy pick would be Brady. If you look at over history, when you've had Super Bowls where defenses have played really well, it's tended to be the opportunity for a defensive player to sneak in and get it. So I like the idea of sort of playing three of these defensive players on the on the Tampa Bay side. I like Devin White. He's my favorite of these plays. He's been a beast in the playoffs yep. and has been a huge impact player for them. He's 42 and a half to one to win the MVP. I like that. Again, is it a long shot? Yeah, but we're getting paid off for it. The other one I like, Jason Pierre-Paul, 63 to one. Um, I wanna see it. I love when he's running around with his club out there on his hand. I think Jason Pierre-Paul potentially has a couple of sacks, maybe forces a strip fumble. I think he could win. So on the Tampa Bay side, I like those two long shots to win the MVP. And those those are my props for Super Bowl 55. I love those. Quick thing about Devin White, too, is that might be like, especially on the defensive end of things, I think he might be kind of like the guy whose public perception stock has risen the most over these playoffs. Kind of like, Kind of the linebacker that everyone's like, oh, like he's really good, um, but you don't really get to see him shine much, uh, mostly because he plays in Tampa Bay. Fast forward to this season, and boom, this guy's playing on a playoff team. Uh, traction starts to gain on him slowly, and he comes out in these playoffs and just is an absolute marvel in, especially that Saints game. Um, where the the Bucks that was a big defensive uh, showcase for them. So um, and hey, even even a little bit in that Packers game too. Um, yeah, he, he reminds me of he, he reminds me a little bit of um, of somebody like Von Miller in Von Miller's prime. When you think of when they went to the Super Bowl and beat Carolina, um, a little bit of that type of season of just a really really unbelievably dominant defensive. Uh, player so he he's fantastic so was a lot of pieces on their defense and that's why I think there could be a little bit of value uh, in playing some of those guys uh, to win MVP 
yeah no i i dig it kyle i uh i wish you the best in your little uh in in your little uh i don't even know what we call it like it's not a parlay it's uh no these are just these are, i'm just a, throwing out props for you're the just people. throwing out props Tyler. props i'm for just the giving people. people props i want people that the soup there's so many things that make the super bowl unique and all the props and stuff like that are unique so even if you listen to the show and you hear these and you're on the lookout for them. If it brings people some excitement watching their Super Bowl, that's what we're here for. So those yeah. are a few little things to a few little things to look out for uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, I dig it. Luke, uh, what are some of the props that you like heading into this game? I know you like the you like the fan one. Yeah. Um, but I think you you guys kind of talked me out of that one considering uh, what's been going on and stuff. So I'm gonna hold off on that one. I thought I, think, I talked you into it for a second there. Man, I, I feel like I would take that. People are restless. Like, yeah, but are, are the people in Florida restless, though? Uh, it no, is Florida. but we could also have some absolute psycho from Wisconsin come in for this one. I don't know what Wisconsin's like these days. But. <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't think we have any listeners in Wisconsin. but Shout out Wisconsin, though. Incredible shade throwing. Hey, I'm just saying – some some crazy dude from Wisconsin, big. Uh, he's upset about the pack, you know. I don't know. It could happen. I'm not ruling it out. I kind of like that play. I'll throw five bucks down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would throw in a couple bucks for that. I guess um, another prop that I had at the back of my mind was Kelsey for the game MVP, um, and I think Kyle summed that up beautifully. I think Mahomes would get too much attention if Kelsey ended up playing really well. I feel like he could grab some of that away. Um, and I do like, and I think a lot of it is just because of how dominant Kelsey's been this season and in the playoffs as well. Uh, so I do like that as a prop. Um, another one I just saw is will either kicker hit the upright or crossbar on a missed field goal or extra point attempt winner. I mean, sorry. The odds plus 315, yes, I would take those. Like you said, the weather isn't supposed to be the greatest. Uh, and so I think that could always play a part considering it's an outdoor stadium. Uh, and I don't know, I feel like there's been a couple missed extra extra points these playoffs. And so I, I would take that uh, as well. Yeah, I dig. Um, most important prop of them all, we got to talk about it. Oh, hang on! Before we go there, Tyler, I do have uh, I do have one more please uh, that, give I, it to that us. I do want to give out to the people as I've uh, I've been sitting on this one. Props to the um, people. This I've been sitting on this one for for a little bit. Okay, so I was trying to think of something that would be exciting. You know, we talked about a parlay, something that people could uh, could sort of get behind, um, something that people could get excited about. Uh, to root for, and something that would be culturally relevant. You know, I don't know a lot about the TikTok stuff, so I wanted to come up with something that would be uh, would be a little bit uh, would get people excited. So what did I come up with? I came up with the Joe Exotic exotic parlay. <laughs> okay, so love this Joe. Exotic. I love it already. For those that don't know, in some worlds, some parts of the world, a parlay is referred to as an exotic. It's often referred to as an exotic if you're at the racetrack at the horse track. So the Joe Exotic Exotic Parlay involves three players that all went to the same university. They all play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. 
And this parlay also involves the Buccaneers to win the game. What is the mascot of the LSU? What is the mascot of LSU? Tigers. The LSU Tigers. Oh, Tigers. So we take – thank you. So we, get, we take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, former LSU Tiger, to score a touchdown, 3-1. to one. We take Leonard Fournette. Or sorry, this doesn't only involve Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sorry, but it involves Tampa to win the game. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to score a touchdown, 3-1. to one. Leonard Fournette over 46 rushing yards, 2-1. to one. And then we take Devin White over 9.5 tackles. That's two to one. Plus, we toss in the Tampa Bay money line, and it pays out roughly somewhere around 16 to one, depending on where you are. So that is the Joe Exotic exotic parlay. I love the Joe Exotic awesome. uh, exotic parlay. I, I, I love how it's on theme, too. Like, mm-hmm. very well done. You know, I looked at it, and I was like, you know, Tampa Bay. I know it's Louisiana. It's not quite the same thing. But it is the South. I was like, ah, we got to toss in Tampa Bay. You got to have a play on the game as well. You can't go into your Super Bowl Sunday without a play on the game. So, yeah, that's the that's the Joe Exotic exotic parlay, and uh, I hope it hits for people. Yeah, no, I I, I dig the Joe Exotic exotic parlay. I'm here for it. Uh, I might even throw it down. <laughs> it sounds like a bit more of a can't lose to me. So, um, I I love it. Um, let's let's quickly talk about the Gatorade though. So let me pull up the odds here. I had them somewhere. Uh, here we go. Okay. So Gatorade color odds. We have orange at plus 160, red at plus 165. Uh, at plus 330, we have lime slash green slash yellow. Uh, plus 650, we have clear. Plus 800, we got blue. And plus 1300, we have purple. And purple had gained some traction last year. Uh, mostly because of the timing with uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, mm. But let's, let's run. I'm going to run through the past four years here uh, uh, and uh, let you know. Here, here are the, the, here's a little bit of a history. So the Chiefs ran orange. Um, but in 2019, the uh, Pats, they went with blue, which is rare. You don't see blue much. Um, mm. Eagles went with yellow in 2018, and then the Patriots went with uh, the Gatorade color was none. So I would assume that means clear. Or water. Uh, yeah, clear or water kind of thing. So, uh, which I would assume is clear. Uh, is there clear Gatorade? I don't know. No, no. Clear, clear, clear means water. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What are we thinking this year? I think it can kind of go two ways. Uh, I think for the if the Bucks win, I have a feeling it's going to be water, and this is because Tom Brady doesn't believe in Gatorade. He only drinks water, and I think he's going to try and instill that in his team to only drink water. I feel like he has that kind of influence across the team to say, "Hey, uh, it's only it's water or nothing." And yeah, we saw with the Patriots, it was blue. Uh, I feel like that was kind of a one-off thing because they did, they did do clear the other year. Um, so that's what I'm thinking on the Buccaneer side. And then for the Chiefs side, I'm taking them at, I'm taking them with red. It's just their team colors. Uh, I don't know what was up with the orange thing. I wonder what the process is behind selecting the color, whether it's not they're just giving it, they're giving it to him or uh, 
whether or not they get to pick the color, I have no idea. I just have a feeling it, it would probably be red for the Chiefs based on the team color. I think those are solid picks. I'm disappointed that we don't get a – I want like a TB12 supplemental drink that I can I can play <laughs> at like 25 to 1. Yeah. Um, I, I like those picks. I think the water is bang on for Tampa. Uh, I like that play. I mean, what was it, 6, 7 to 1? I mean, you might just be able to blindly play that at that point. And, I mean, the nice the, – the one positive about playing water or clear is you know that's going to be on both sidelines. You don't know what color the Gatorades are over there. You don't know unless you got a guy on the inside. You don't know these things, but you know there's going to be water over there. So I, I like I like clear as the play. I also have always liked yellow just from this from the fact that I do feel like that's the one that quote unquote athletes tend to lean towards just because it has the least amount of dye. So I like yellow and I like water, but I think uh, I think Luke is onto something with Tom wanting the boys drinking water uh, during this Super Bowl. So that might be a lock. I feel like it's uh, if if this becomes a bit of a recurring theme with Andy Reid going to and winning Super Bowls with the Kansas City Chiefs, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the uh, the Chiefs throw throw some chili or gravy into the mix one day. I feel like that could be like whatever the two hundred fifty to one odds are on that. Uh, let's say three or four years down the road, if Pat Mahomes is going for let's say his fifth year Super Bowl or something. Uh, don't be surprised if gravy's being being thrown at Andy. Um, anyways, uh, I like I like the water uh, idea if if uh, if they win, that being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I don't know I don't know what I think about the Chiefs. Okay, here's a, a little sports conspiracy for you. Here though, so um, do you think that p- players? Do you think players put money down? on like the Gatorade and then they know what, (laughs) what color is going down on it. I I think these guys are way too focused on trying to win a Super Bowl to care about any of this That's what we think though. That's what we think. Maybe (laughs) this is, but maybe this is like, Oh, like we're locking in here. Like let's put that money down boys. Like we're winning. (laughs) I mean, for the amount of money that NFL players make relative to how much money they would allow you to get down on a Super Bowl prop of this kind. I mean, the, there's a reason the book's able to put out 300 different props, right? They, they're money-making machines, but also they're not going to let you hammer them to excessive amounts of money because they recognize there's the potential for a lot of insider information. So, hey, I mean, if a guy wants to risk his entire professional career for 20 grand, he can have at it. Um, but I don't think these guys are, are too worried about this stuff. This sounds like a Scotty Miller scandal to me. <laughs> like this sounds like the kind of thing we find out in two months. We find out about it in two months. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. It's a, just a sports conspiracy. And uh, I mean, hey, what better, what better, uh, what better, uh, what what better thing to put money down on? Uh, than something that is in your team's control and who knows maybe even good old scotty's got a, a bit of a say in it maybe he's the gato guy for uh the bucks scotty's scotty's tapped himself as the yeah. uh, the gatorade guy i got yeah. it guys yeah exactly that's, that's what that's what you want in your room a guy a guy saying i'm gonna be the gatorade guy before <laughs> the game's even played that's uh 100 that's the hey tom will send him home they say defense wins championships. I think Gato wins championships. <laughs> Anyways, uh, 
enough of the enough of this uh we got one more thing before we get to uh our final picks and predictions for the super bowl uh coming up this sunday halftime show we got the weekend i think this will be fun the weekend's uh known known to be quite a good performer mm-hmm. and uh i i really like it so how are we feeling about the weekend yeah it's an interesting one i, I think it's got like a really, really high ceiling and also a pretty low floor Um, just because I'm not sure how it'll translate to an outdoor setting, a very short set. It it just feels like there's a very certain type of, you need to have a, be a very high energy performer in order to succeed at the Super Bowl. This is one of the reasons that I don't think, uh, obviously the weekend's not rap, but one of the reasons I don't think rappers translate very well to halftime shows or this kind of stuff is just, it doesn't fit fit the type of music they do so i'm a little nervous for the weekend from that aspect from what i've heard from people who have been to the weekend live it's an amazing show so that keeps me excited i also think the weekend is kind of fun uh compared to a lot of the halftime shows where i haven't really cared so uh, i hope to catch a little bit of it and i think it's got potential uh but like i said i think it's also it's got a lot of danger potential as well yeah, I kind of have high expectations, actually, because I was reading a couple things where The weekend actually put in a lot of his own money just to see his own kind of vision be uh, put on put on uh, stage there. Uh, and so to me, I think I think this will be a great halftime show. I'm hoping it's going to be. Um, but I think Kyle summed it up really nicely when he said uh, it has the potential for a really high ceiling, but also a really low floor. Um I have big expectations for the weekend, though. I think he's an extremely talented uh, person, but he's also extremely hardworking, knowing, uh, you know, some of his story, you know, coming up homeless and all that. I feel like he won't waste this opportunity because he knows what kind of coming from humble beginnings is like. And so I think that'll be kind of reflected in the halftime show, hopefully. For sure. And he actually just announced uh, World Tour 2022 Vancouver. So, oh, there we go. It's kicking it off right here. Unreal. He is Canadian. So a uh, little Canadian, little Canadian shout out. Love you love to see it. Good old Canada. Eh? Get getting the getting some screen time here in the Super Bowl. That's a that's a bit of a rarity. So I dig it. Um another quick thing. Uh asked by Reese Morgan, a uh a the former member of Mars Hill here, uh favorite halftime show ever. And I think it would be fun to ask little bit of least favorite halftime show ever um i personally i love the bruno mars one uh, a couple years back i think that was actually during uh the seahawks when they absolutely crushed the broncos i think that might have been the super bowl that uh bruno mars played in but uh that was awesome the the drum solos the stage was great bruno mars great live performer actually has a naturally really good voice and sometimes the voice doesn't translate super well but uh bruno mars killed it i remember i'll never forget that one but um what about you guys what are you thinking yeah boring answer because it's the same for me and i mean that uh, that halftime that i had to re-watch uh to realize how much i liked that halftime show since it was the seahawks playing in that super bowl and i couldn't have cared about anything any less than I cared about the halftime show, but certainly Bruno Mars, I think the best, um, the best one that I can remember. I mean, in the end, as long as you, it's, it's more of a don't bomb situation. I think when you, when you go to the halftime show, not everybody can be Bruno Mars, but, but just don't bomb. 
uh, sleeper Super Bowl performance for me uh, was the one in uh, San Francisco that Coldplay did. And I think Bruno Mars guest was a guest star in that one. Um, that was in Super Bowl 50. Um, I didn't mind that one. I thought it was okay, actually. Um, so, yeah, I can't really pick out one that I would, I would circle as being, you know, my absolute, uh, my absolute least favorite, uh, to be honest, probably just cause I haven't really watched them that, that hard, but Bruno Mars for me is a favorite. Yeah. I don't lock into the, the halftime show very much. That's kind of like get food time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You need a little bit of a break. Uh, you need a little bit of, bre- of a break from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Luke, what do you think? Uh, I've got two kind of at the top of my, uh, memory here. One of them, yeah, Bruno Mars. Uh, that one was great as well. And then I think another one that kind of sneaks in uh, to my memory is uh, Beyonce when it was at New Orleans. Uh, that was kind of like the f- like that was kind of like the first halftime show where I remember like, hey, this is like really good. Uh, and it was like the kind of like the first and like kind of only one I really like paid attention to uh, as well. I thought she had like a great set because and also Beyonce is just an insane performer. Uh, as well and yeah I mean those two back-to-back years as well uh, both really good and then yeah so yeah I think that oh go for it oh I was gonna say I think that if I'm remembering I think the Beyonce one that's the one where the lights went out in the second half yeah San Francisco and uh, Baltimore right yeah I don't remember the exact one whether that was the yeah i don't remember i thought that was the who i thought that was a while ago the the lights going out yeah no No, they went out they went out in in new orleans and that would have been 2013 which is when beyonce performed the uh what year was the who yeah that i think the who oh the who is 2010 that was the 2010 super bowl i think that is green bay and uh, oh no, that's Indianapolis and New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Colt Saints. Okay, yeah, the the onside kick out of the halftime. Yeah, that's right. Okay, no, no, uh, I am mistaken. But yeah, that that's a memorable Super Bowl moment right there. The lights going out. My goodness, hilarious. Uh, Clyde Edwards, hilarious. Um, that was pretty good, hey. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so last last uh, non exactly football related question here um what do we who are some artists that you would like to see thrown into the mix for a super bowl halftime show submitted by Kane gamash friend of the show shout out i think one that's coming to mind uh, and I know Kyle talked about how rap might not be able to mix into the halftime show. I think Kanye West could do something kind of funky uh, with the halftime show. I think oh. he has enough songs where they're short enough that everybody knows. Um, but he's also, I think he's like extremely creative. And I think he would be able to really push uh, some boundaries uh, and kind of defying some of the odds of what a halftime show could be. Uh, I know he's been, he's in a bit of a hiatus right now, but uh you know if he comes back uh from that starts making music again maybe a halftime show that i think that'd be pretty cool to see yeah i think for me i think that might be a little i mean obviously he's he's very very popular very very mainstream i think that music might be a little away from the 
the crowd that they're looking to attract at the Super Bowl being the only issue. Um, I think Drake makes a lot of sense for a Super Bowl. Again, oh, yeah. I, I, I was critical I was of rap, but Drake's such a big name that you could do a Drake. And, and I mean, Drake, if Drake could go out there and take what he does in a concert and turn it into a 10 minute, just crazy, exciting thing. I think it could be, it could really be something, maybe, maybe some other names that potentially come to mind. I mean, I've, I always thought Justin Bieber was probably going to do a Super Bowl at some point. That's maybe who that I was going to say. Maybe that doesn't happen now, but I always, I always kind of had him as a potential um, halftime kind of person. Those are kind of the two that came to mind. Um, I guess one other one that's always come to mind too. He's probably at the point where he wouldn't do it, but Elton John as well. Maybe Elton oh. John's done. Maybe Elton John's done the Super Bowl. I'd have to check. But Elton John just feels like the kind of artist that everybody could kind of get behind. So. Those are the uh, the ones that that come to mind, and then I'll give you a one real long shot sleeper. I don't think it would happen, but I think he could be a sleeper. Khalid, I could see Khalid uh, fitting really well yeah. and doing a Super Bowl really well. I mean, he probably needs to sort of take one more step up in popularity, kind of into that superstardom category, which I think he's very close to, obviously. But I could see uh, I could see Khalid fitting the Super Bowl vibe really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the Beebs and the and and Drake were definitely high on my list. Also, someone who I think would be hilarious is uh, Mr. Worldwide. I think it would be so <laughs> funny uh, a Pitbull Super Bowl halftime show. Think of the amount of iconic songs that this guy uh, has produced in his career, and uh, I feel like it has some some potential to get people in their living rooms. Uh, going crazy and dancing this is also the kind of halftime show uh that you wouldn't that you you wouldn't want covid to be a thing for uh because it you'd want you'd want as many people down there as possible so um personally i love i love the whole uh i love i love the whole khalid idea too though i think that's actually a good that's a good show um man i'm trying to think Another funny one too uh, would be just DJ Khaled. <laughs> DJ, would have, DJ Khaled would have to go uh, go find a bunch of people to help him, just like when he makes an album. <laughs> exactly, and uh, I think that would, but I think it would be hilarious. Imagine if it's just him standing there at a DJ booth, just screaming, and the 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 audio is just going for all these songs, and fans are just going insane, and they just decide to pour all the budget into uh making the stage super cool i think that would be hilarious yeah i mean it kind of i guess kind of gets away from super bowl specifically but it's kind of interesting you think about music and like who are like you know if you just rank like the top 15 artists by popularity or the top 15 artists by download in spotify if we went through that list there's probably one or two and drake would be the only one that's really coming to mind instantly that fit a super bowl so it's kind of interesting to see where we go from here. I mean, and I'm, I'm not including the weekend. The weekend obviously fits that category and they're doing it with him. But you start to think about the other artists that are in that kind of top 10, top 15. They don't really fit the Super Bowl vibe. Um, so hopefully the weekend's able to kind of break a barrier here and allow us to, to kind of tap into um, his type of music and, and more of that type of popular music uh, in Super Bowls because we haven't really seen it before. I agree. I think it's time uh, to make our final predictions here. So, who do we got? Chiefs or Bucks? 
I'll go uh, first. I can sure, go. you go, Tyler. Or, yeah. or Luke can go first. Yeah, Luke, you take this one. Let's hear it. All right. Um, this I really have struggled with. And my one of my friends asked me Monday night, kind of in a panic. And I was like, uh, like, and I just wanted to give him an answer. Uh, and I feel like I have to stick by that answer. And I don't really feel good about this because this is the Super Bowl. And this is song, this is Tom Brady. And that means literally anything can happen. Um, however, saying Kansas City is actually like the, one of the scariest teams I've ever seen. Uh, and we've seen Tom Brady defeat a lot of really good teams. That Seahawks team, that Falcons team, maybe that Eagles team. I'm not going to put them in the same category. But this Chiefs team is by far the scariest team that Tom Brady will face. And I just can't help but take the team. And I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs in a slight over 32 to 28. Yeah, I think it's a solid a solid pick. Um, when I've thought about, I've thought long and hard about this game. It's hard to make. It's hard because, you know, how many times are you going to let Brady do it to you? But I just think the Chiefs are too good, uh, and I do think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Though I will say, I get major, major Super Bowl Fifty vibes, Carolina, and Denver. We went into that game. Manning really was not Manning was a shell of the quarterback. He had been, they were relying on a strong defense. Sound familiar. They went into that game as a five and a half, six point underdog to Carolina and their defense stifled Carolina in that football game and got the win that, that, that stuck in my mind all week. It's been bothering me. It is really, really bothering me thinking about that game script and that this game could play out the same way, but sometimes you just got to trust yourself and I am taking the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. You said you're going slightly over. I'm slightly under with this projection. 28-14, Kansas City. Yeah, I like both of those picks. I'm riding the Chiefs, as you know. Die on Mahomes Hill. I live and die on Mahomes Hill. Um I do like I do agree though. Like I feel like this has so much potential to be one of those games where all of the icons um the there we're gonna see memes, all of the icons are showing Chiefs logos for the analysts pick before the game, and Tampa Bay comes out and just absolutely ransacks the Chiefs uh I do think there is potential for that that being said I think the most likely outcome is Chiefs uh but I do think this is going to be a really close game um I I I think this game is also there's going to be less scoring than we think um I think the Chiefs are going to get to 30 and I think the Bucks are going to get to 27 I think this is going to be decided by field goal uh, rare case in 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 the Super Bowl, it feels like. But uh, yeah, 30-27, Kansas City Chiefs is my pick. Dang it, so, the Bucks are gonna win. They're gonna Tom win. He's listening right. I'm, now. I mean, I, I'm under I'm under 50% just straight up picking these playoff games on this show. So 
I mean, if you want to fade the picks here, it's a profitable strategy. I just know. Warning people. Don't don't take don't take our stock. That's for no. sure. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I mean, uh, Luke and I are definitely no experts, and Kyle is. Uh, he's a couple tiers above. That's for sure. But oh. <laughs> you never know. Football. It's an unpredictable game. This is why we love it, though. Hey. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just one, one last thing on on this game, just from the public perspective of the way that people are picking since we're giving our picks. Um, I was reading today that the majority of uh, more money has been played on the money line of Tampa Bay. They've taken a lot of books. They've taken more of the money line money, but more than 80% at this specific book, 80% of the spread plays are on Kansas city. So I think that's kind of interesting. It probably leads you to the to lean that there's a lot of people that don't bet normally that are no. wanting to go out and play Tampa Bay, which I mean, it's the Super Bowl. There's going to be so much money flying around for for these books, but uh, it'll be interesting. I do I do think a lot of people are going to be taking the Bucks when it comes when it comes down to it, and not wanting to go against Brady. Yeah, I I agree. It's it's always a struggle. Uh, truly understanding what the public perception is on this game um and like yeah you have all these randoms come out of the woodwork and start throwing down money uh it's the one game a year they do it uh and then they lose all the money in their account but uh (laughs) um i do i do i do partly see that I, i do partly see that some of the reason behind that tampa bay money line thing too and chief spread is because I feel like people think it's like if Tampa wins, like I said, like I feel like there's potential that it could just be uh, an absolute blowout. And maybe people just like the odds too. Like we got to remember, like people just look at underdog odds and underdog lines and they just love that. People don't like betting spreads uh, on underdogs as much as they like betting money lines, right? So uh, especially in a game that's going to be like, what is it? Chiefs favored by three and a half right now. Yeah, three, three and a half. And I mean, yeah. if you don't care, if you just think Tampa's going to win the game, it pays out more. Hundred percent. So it makes sense. I mean, yeah. when it's three, if it's, if it's three and a half, and you can get minus one ten, you should be playing the three and a half because yeah. the game's going to fall on three so many times. You know, ten percent of the time, a yep. game falls on three. Um, so it makes sense to play the minus the three and a half. But if it's three and you don't care, and you and and you know, as I like to say, and you you hate money that much. Just play the money line and live a little. Yeah, agreed. Anyways, it's been a pleasure, Kyle. My goodness, we made it, hey? Yeah, thanks for having me on, boys. It's been a fun playoffs. Obviously, it's been uh, you know it's been a season and a playoffs like none other, and it's been fun to uh, to come on the show and get a chance to talk about it, uh, talk about it each week with you guys. So I've filled my contract. You know something yep. that uh, something that many a great men can't say. Yeah, uh, you know, it's true. James Harden. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I've uh, I've hung out here on the show, and uh, who knows? Um, maybe we'll get uh, we'll get some wild off season news, and uh, I'll get a chance to be back on. But uh, I love your guys' show. I love what you're doing, and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be keeping tabs on you boys for sure. Amazing, appreciate that a lot, and uh, it is always a pleasure having you on. Only a couple more days, and uh, you're you're going to be swaying the clubs in your mm-hmm. head. I'm, I, you know what, actually, this is, this is just a public announcement announcement for people. We've, we announcement, geez, 
we've given people a lot of great information here. We've given them some free winners and the props plays. <laughs> we've given people a lot of stuff. I'm going to give you one final tip here, okay? You got two options on Sunday morning. You got two options. You can watch the NFL Network guys talk about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady for six hours, or you can do something that's actually fun and you can watch the golf. The watching the Waste Management Phoenix Open, where we're only going to have 8,000 fans this year as opposed to 150,000. Still, in my opinion, absolutely the best way to warm up ahead of the Super Bowl. You turn on the golf, you get into it, you watch it a little, and you have a great time. You watch an exciting ending, and then you jump right into the Super Bowl, and you avoid having to watch the studio show for six hours of content you didn't need in your life. That's my announcement for people. I've given them all I've got now. No, I agree. It's wow. always the the uh, the waste management open. It's always electric. Um, Absolutely sucks without the uh, um, the uh, a lesser amount of fans this year, but uh, that's just the way she goes, and uh, it's still going to be a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be it for episode number sixty-two. Luke, why don't you sign us off? It's uh, I feel like uh, let's 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 hear it from a different person this time. Okay. Well. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> thank you, Carl Hagelin. Yes, and thank you. We are sorry, Tom Brady, but we will see you on Sunday. Can't wait for him to prove us wrong. Yep. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>